Welcome to Student of the Game Podcast, where we help you master the fundamentals, fall in love with practice, and win at the game of life. I'm your host, Brad Knoll. Welcome to the classroom. I'm joined by my guy today, Dave Simon. Dave, what's up? Not much, man. Not much. Just hanging out. Nice. Well, uh, you're in Fort Wayne this week. I appreciate you stopping by the podcast. And, you know, when we talk about student of the game, it's somebody who is a professional, somebody who's a pro at the work that they do. And, and you're a pro in, in more ways than one. So let's get into Dave Simon. Who is Dave Simon? Where are you from and, and what you doing today? Uh, so I'm outside from Chicago. I uh, grew up out there, still live there now with my family. Um, play with this guy, Brad, here back in the day. Uh, we were teammates here at Purdue Fort Wayne for college. So I uh, popped in town for the basketball camp. My oldest son's out here. So he wanted to go to the camp. So I had some time to come by and, and chop it up. Nice. Well, I appreciate you being here. I, I think just to set the record straight, I played with you. You didn't play with me on my team. I played, <laughs> I played on your team. So, so okay. that's, uh, I mean, you, you came onto my team, but then quickly I played on your team. So no, it's, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I got, I got some, I got some good memories, man. We, uh, we chopped it up a little bit. You came in uh, a year, year behind me, but, um, Man, we uh, we we ran some sprints together. Remember the pain party? Yeah, yeah, do tell, I, tell, man? Tell, yeah. For the for the for the listeners, tell tell the listeners what the pain party is. So it was conditioning, and then we each have a partner, and you have a certain amount of time to run the drills and and uh, make the times for the lines. You and your partner, but if your partner finished earlier, then you had extra time. So Brad was always my partner, so he could finish early and give me a little extra time to make it. They always put the guards with the bigs, and uh, you know the expectation was the guards were supposed to pull their weight. But I know, I know, plenty of times you were hauling the mail. You know, you were one of the faster big guys. But uh, ho- hopefully, I didn't make it too easy for you. Yeah, you made it just easy enough. I got through. Got you, got you. Well, we had to save your legs for the game, so that was my job. I was, <laughs> I was a workhorse. You came, uh, you came to IPFW now, affectionately known as Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, you came here to play basketball, but uh, what sport did you play before basketball? Yeah, so I actually was playing volleyball in high school. I got recruited by Coach Ball here at IPFW back then to play volleyball. But I ended up going to Loyola to play and wanted to get back to basketball. So I looked into transferring and ended up here in Fort Wayne. Yeah, I remember uh, the day you came on campus, coach was like, you know, we got this 6'10", 260-pound center coming. And uh, I was like, yeah, right. You know, these, these centers, man, they're, they're sticks. And you came in, and, and you had great footwork. You had excellent hands. I mean, you're like the, like the joker before the joker, man, big man that could pass and shoot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't shoot too much back then, I don't think. But I got it, got it going once we got in, got practicing, got to work in, and and things like that, yeah. I remember, uh, you know, probably probably the game that I remember the most uh, was when we played UNLV. Uh, you remember that? I, I think yep, you had I one, of your, one, of your, one of your best games, um, you know, when we were together. And for the listeners uh, who don't know uh, what independent what independent college basketball is, you know, we didn't have a conference at the time because we just turned Division One status, and so we didn't have a conference. And so most of our games were in the Mountain West because all the, all these West Coast teams that never heard of us, they would they would pay us to come out there and play them, and we just get beat up every single night. And I remember we did a, a West Coast swing around Christmas and New Year's one year. 
where we were in Long Beach State, San Diego State. And then all of a sudden, it's like over New Year's Eve, you know, we went to Las Vegas as a bunch of kids and uh, yeah. ended up playing UNLV on January 2nd. Man, you had a breakout game. I, I'll never forget this. I think it was uh, 26 and 16 or 25 and 16, like big time double-double against one of the, the, I think, player of the year in the Mountain West Conference at the time. Yeah, we had a we had a shot. We kept it pretty close for most of the game. And my whole family had came out to Vegas, so I had to – had to play hard that game. Had to show up. Yeah, and it might have been, was it the first, was that the first year, or the first game I started that year maybe? I so, think so. Yeah, I was, I was ready to go. Man, that was uh, that was that was good stuff. So, a lot of a lot of good memories, man. But but I think the thing that you know I want to talk about is is we want to talk about you know you you've been a professional basketball player for what nineteen years now? Uh, going on nineteen, yeah. So I got going, eighteen okay. seasons behind me. Yeah. Okay, so you're going into your nineteenth year. So I'm I'm going into my twentieth year in real estate. So I'm a professional real estate broker, right? Like I'm a professional realtor. And and I think the thing that the listeners hear is like whether you're an accountant, a banker, a salesperson, an athlete, you know. There, there's a way you can look at success. And the way we look at success is there's fundamentals. You got to master the fundamentals. And then there's practice. And practice is all the stuff that nobody sees. It's all the dirty work. It's the blood, sweat, and tears. It's the hours and hours and hours that you put into your craft. And then, you know, you can't win at anything if you don't put in that time. And so I think the listeners today uh, could really benefit from hearing what is an 18-year professional athlete, you know, veteran, you know, professional basketball player. I mean, this is your career. What can we learn from you? What are the, what are the fundamentals? when it comes to, you know, being a professional athlete? Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the things I learned in my life came from playing basketball and sports and the work ethic and the time that you have to put into practice and being prepared and, and things like that. Um, it was always something that, you know, we carry, tried to carry over into the classroom as student athletes was the same type of mentality to be prepared and, and be ready and, and uh work on the fundamentals of things so that in the games, everything was easy. Mm -hmm. So I, you, you glossed over something that we didn't touch on. So you, you said, you know, being a student athlete, is my memory right? You're a 4.0 in chemistry? Not for the whole time. I did get a 4.0 for a few of the semesters, but yeah, my grades gotcha. were always pretty good. My mom, she instilled that in me growing up. And, you know, to be able to play sports in college, you had to have a certain degree. You know, you you had to have a certain GPA to yep. to make sure everything was smooth. So I look at you know my time when I played, uh, you know, and and uh, there's a lot of fundamentals that we talk about. You know, dribble, pass, and shoot. Like you got to master these things, you know, before you can move on. And and too many kids these days, I think, just practice, you know, the wrong things. They're practicing these moves in the driveway that they see at the you know the NBA Finals, and you know it's the Euro step and all this stuff. It's like we got to get the fundamentals down. I got to imagine that the fundamentals for you as a professional athlete, you know, have a lot to do with mind and body, like your mindset, making sure you can show up every every year your best self, and then your body keeping your body in, in tip-top shape talk about talk about mind and body a little bit as it relates to you know fundamentally focusing on that you know prior to each season yeah definitely um it's definitely something that i focused on a lot more being older the body part of it um you know i have to make sure that my body's in shape and ready um you know that's i guess the baseline fundamental thing is if i don't take care of my body i can't do anything else i can't play you know, if my body's not right. So that's the, the first step is to make sure that your body's right. Um, and then the mind comes into play when, you know, as an older player now and having started young and then learning and growing, I'm able to use the things I've learned in my mind and my mental approach to the game and 
you know, understanding the game. And, you know, we call it the basketball IQ, but my basketball IQ to um, cover up any, I guess, lapses in the physical abilities that I, you know, I don't have anymore as I've gotten older. But definitely that's something that, you know, I really focus on a lot, especially uh, in the off season and even during the season too, is just keeping my body intact and making sure I'm ready to go. What does that look like when you say it's keeping your body intact? I know you got to practice and you got to you got to train your body, but you know what what does recovery look like? Because I, I hear a lot about recovery. I hear a lot about sleep. I hear a lot about you know ice baths or or heat. You know what what what's what's Dave Simon's recovery look like? Yeah, so I mean, I just I focus when I'm working. I'm working. And then when I'm not, I'm doing the things that, you know, I need to do. I ice after every practice. Um, even if it doesn't hurt, you just do it as a preventative measure. Um, and then, you know, getting in the hot tubs, getting in the ice tubs, stretching before you go to sleep, stretching and warming up properly before you go into practice every time, even if it's just for a short practice. Just things like that, making sure I take care of what I eat because I'm not, you know, burning the same calories I used to when I was younger. You know, I can't go get, get two meals from McDonald's and all that good <laughs> stuff. So just uh, being mindful of, of all of that stuff and making sure that, you know, I understand that's just as, as important of a part as it is getting shots up in the gym and lifting weights. Uh, you said something just sparked a memory. So uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, one of our one of my roommates, Jim Kesnick, uh, talking about, uh, training your, your body. Man, back in the day, uh, McDonald's came out with these 25-cent cheeseburgers on Wednesday, and Kess, Kess went and got 50 of them at McDonald's. Dude, 50, seriously, 50 really? of them? Yeah, yeah, he'll tell you. So he got 50 of them, and I think he ate like 10 to 15, and he put the rest of them in the freezer and then just warmed them up for later. Can you imagine doing that today, like eating, just throwing down like 10, 10 burgers? Man, not at all. <laughs> I can barely let myself try to eat one burger or... Not that it was a turkey burger. I give me a turkey burger or something right, like that. But right. yeah, we definitely lived off that dollar menu back For in the sure. day in college. Things For were sure. a, little, a little different. So it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, the, the perspective that I'm trying to share with a lot of people here, Dave, is, you know, I'm 20 years into this business now and, and year 20 looks totally different than year one. Right. And so if you kind of take the athlete, you know, mindset to this, like my first four years, I was I was working 80 hours a week. Like I was grinding. Right. It was it, like all the podcasts now that talk about sleepers for suckers and, and grind, grind, grind. Like that was me my first couple of years because I could do it. I could I could sustain it. I can't sustain that today. I got kids. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great yeah. husband. You know, I don't have time to work 80 hours. But but guess what? Like It's exactly what you said. My my IQ, my business IQ has gone up and now my work is smarter than it's ever been before. And I can get more more done in a shorter amount of time. And I think there's so many similarities to sports. Talk about, let's get into practice a little bit. So, so I have this mantra, you know, that this podcast is based around, it's fall in love with practice. And mm -hmm. uh, we talked, we talked before we, we hit record and I believe professionals get paid to practice and the, the, the ones that can fall in love with practice. You talk about the Kobe's, the Michael's, you know, the all time greats, like they, they practice, they practice harder than anybody else. What does practice look like for you as it relates to your game right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the integral part of it because practice, say practice makes perfect or, you know, things like that. So you have to, you have to practice, you have to put in the work and continue to do so. Um, as I've gotten older, it's changed. You know, I was the same way, two hours lift in the morning, go grab some food, another two hours on the court go back home, grab some food, then go play at night. That was my routine for the first 
I don't know, 10 so years of my career. Um, as I got older, got married, had kids, I didn't want to spend eight hours a day working out and things like that. I'm gone enough as it is with my job. So when I'm home in the summer, I want to be able to spend time with my family and things like that. So your priorities change a little bit, but you still have to make sure if you want to be a professional, you have to do these things and, and keep those practice habits going. So, but now it's like you said, working smarter, I've found, you know, trainers and things like that, that can kind of work around my schedule. And I'll do things like, uh, I know my kids don't wake up in the summertime until eight or nine in the morning. So I'll go do my lift at 6.30. That way I'm done with my lift at eight. And then I go to the basketball gym and I work out from nine to 10. Then I'm home the rest of the day. So I've taken care of all my business pretty much before all the kids have, have waken up. And on the days where I don't have basketball, I'm home, you know, eight eight thirty in the morning. They're just waking up. I can make breakfast or grab breakfast and just kind of spend time with the kids. And then at night, if I need something else, um, I'll do it at home. You know, if I want more conditioning, I'll go run outside or ask the kids if they want to go for a bike ride, just things like that. But I'm always making sure that I do give that time because that's the stuff that makes me successful playing and allows me to keep being a professional. Time out. Student of the Game is brought to you by Knoll Team Real Estate. Our mission is to eradicate mediocre real estate transactions. On your largest financial purchase, you shouldn't have to deal with average. We do this by helping you save time, reduce your stress, and helping you keep as much money in your pocket as we can. You can help us out by introducing us to your friends or family who want to make confident real estate decisions, whether buying, selling, building, or investing. At Knoll Team Real Estate, we are connected to a group of realtors who sell one in every eight homes in North America. If you know someone moving out of your area, there's a great chance we can connect them to somebody we know, like, and trust. Remember, relationships win. Now back to the show. As college kids, a lot of times it was easy to just kind of blow off practice. Like, man, I'm here for, like, we talking about practice? You know, what about the game, man? I'll play the game. And I remember uh, we had this conversation yesterday, and I'll, I'll throw it here on the pod, but there there was a time when, you know, I was the shortest and the whitest guy on the team. And, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to play or I wasn't going to earn you know, the right to play if I didn't outwork everybody. And so I remember hitting that conditioning in the mile. What was it, like 455 or five-minute mile? Everybody yeah. was everybody was hot, man. Everybody was mad at me. And I'm just like, look, I got to do what I got to do to get in the game. How has practice for you changed, like your mindset to practice changed from when you were in college to now being a professional? You know, I think college was the first place where I kind of had someone tell me, hey, you're not working as hard as you think you are. And mm -hmm. so... I think when you're younger, the answer to hard work is like time put in. So, you know, it was always, let's stay in the gym. Let's always mm -hmm. go to the gym. We're always spending time in the gym, which is great. And that is a good way to build habits, but more so on the working smarter, it's not so much how much time I, st I put in the gym now, it's what I'm doing with that time. So if I'm in the gym for an hour and a half, I'm going, going, going for an hour and a half because I don't need to be there for two and a half hours if I'm doing all my work crisply and I'm not wasting time in between drills and things like that. If I'm getting in and getting my lift in and I'm doing the exercises with the 
appropriate amount of rest in between and my trainer and he's engaged and and things like that so that's pretty much what it looks like for me now i've found people and that's an important part of the equation too as well as to find people that have a similar mindset or similar goals and are going to help you maintain that work smart approach so my trainers are we're moving 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 and uh, i think that's something that has helped me use my time more efficiently Mm. As, so a uh, couple couple thoughts. Uh, I want to go back to, you know, most most people who feel like they're working hard. Like for me, I'm, we own a real estate company. We're, we're trying to help people move. We're trying to help people buy and sell homes. Like there's days I feel like I'm working hard. And I tell you what, you know, the thing that I, I despise and I love my wife to death is when I get home and she's like, what'd you do today? You ain't working hard. You know, and and it's like if I'm not in a healthy mindset, like I get I get upset with that. If I'm in a healthy mindset, I'm like, you know what? I love having people around me that push me and that actually see that that I have some untapped potential. What was the feeling like when I'm not going to name names, but when Coach P was like, "Hey, Dave, you ain't working as hard as uh, as what you should be." What what was that feeling like when somebody actually challenged you? Yeah, at first I was taken aback because I'm like, <laughs> "What is this dude talking about? Like, I'm killing myself over here." But, you know, we have in sports, we have something we call film doesn't lie. So he took me upstairs. He turned on the film. He's like, let's watch some film from the last couple of games. And he just started pointing out stuff. He's like, I bet you thought you were running really hard right here in this play. And I'm like, yeah. And then he pressed play and I watched myself and I watched myself kind of loaf up the court. And I'm like, but I was so tired. So I thought I was working hard. And then it was just clip after clip after clip. And what can I say? You know, I can't argue if I, you know, want to get better. There's two ways I can take it. I can be mad that he told me, you know, I wasn't working hard when I thought I was, or I can accept the truth and and try to get better and make sure that I am working harder than I thought I could. That way I know I'm working hard. So that was the first time I really kind of learned and I started trying to assess myself in different situations when I thought I was working really hard to see, well, do I have a little bit more? Mm, I, one of the things that I think, and, and uh, we talk about this on our real estate team, is you know you can have big goals. Okay, you can have big goals. You can also have small goals. Like I'm, I'm not here to tell somebody you can't have small goals. I just believe, you know, in my faith tradition, I believe God created me for something greater than, than what I'm at today and that there's, there's some untapped potential in me. And so if you have big goals, you have to have big habits. So I tell my kids all the time, you have to have big habits. Let me, let me see your goals and I'll let you know if your habits align with, with hitting those goals. You know, and so in real estate, what that looks like is, you know, everybody looks at the money, everybody looks at the sale, everybody looks at the production and they think it's easy. Well, the reality is like, what are you willing to do every single day? And, and if you have big goals and if you're willing to receive feedback and if you're willing to be coached, now you can actually move mountains. And what you were saying is, is it sounds like that was a pivotal point in your life where you said, okay, you know what? I may not know what my goals are. I want to play professional basketball, but I'm willing to be coached. What is, you've been coached by a lot of different coaches. What are some things that have stuck out for you as somebody who now probably has gotten used to love being coached, right? Like people exposing who you are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was an eye opener for me. It just kind of correlated the fact that what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and how I think I'm going about doing something, someone else might see it differently. And this is somebody whose job it is to coach and get the best out of me. And if he obviously thinks there's more and he sees and he shows me that there is more I could be doing, 
if it's something that I want, why wouldn't I try to do more? And, you know, I've had, like you said, I've had the chance. I've been coached by people literally all across the world. And everyone comes in with a different mindset state. Everyone comes in with their own way of doing things. And, you know, being in other countries, there's a cultural difference as well. So I've been able to experience all of these things and make the decision to learn from each different person to kind of help round me out, I guess you could say, to understanding, well, this is how they work here. This is how, you know, they work here. This is how coach wants us to work here and being able to adapt. But if I had didn't have that baseline of someone telling me, hey, you're not working hard. This is what you need to make sure you're doing. Once you can do that, all the rest of it kind of falls into place. Go back to what we were talking about with the practice and, and, and loving the process and things like that. You practice hard so that you make sure you're ready. In my case, it's I have to make sure I'm physically ready and in shape to play a game. So if, the, if I practice hard, then the games aren't as hard. They're easier because they're second nature because I'm used to, to practicing hard. Falling in love with the practice, that's when I always told myself, everyone, so I got to like year 15, people, well, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? And I always told them when I, I never said like when I don't want to play or when the games aren't fun or when I can't do this. I always said when I don't want to get up and go lift, you know, on July 1st in the summer and do my workouts, that's when I know it's time for me to quit. Because that's when I know I'm not trying to be be good or great anymore. I'm just trying to, to get through. The day I don't want to do the stuff in the process to make sure I'm ready to play. That's the day when I need to, to retire because that means that I don't love the process. I don't love the grind you were talking about before. That's gold, man. That's, that's, that's so gold. And I hope people listening, like I said, whether you're in a nine to five right now, or you want to start your own business, or, you know, maybe, maybe you're a real estate agent listening to this, you know, trying to pick up some nuggets. Like what is, what is that for you? For, for me, you know, it's, it's every single day trying to wake up and, and get excited about reaching out to 10 people that are past clients of mine, trying to help them to be confident homeowners. Like that fire is there more than ever for me, you know, and this is year 20. And, and, you know, I resonate with that. I hope the people listening can find something and that's in their daily lives with the work that they do that uh, that they can fall in love with that process and stay engaged. Um, I'm gonna go back to what you said. You're talking about practice in different countries. What is, uh, you may or may not wanna answer this, but what country has poor practice habits and which country had the best practice habits? So it's a, it's a mix. You know, I guess a lot of it, some of it will depend on your coach, Mm-hmm. And then some of it would depend on the cultural differences I was telling you about. When I was played in the Philippines, they're really laid back. Um, you know, it's tropical weather, so it's really nice. We always practice early because it was too hot to practice in the afternoon. But it was kind of like, we're going to do this drill, and then, you know, it's water break. But the water breaks are more chill. It was like, let's go sit down, talk a little bit you know, drink our water, 10 minutes, we go back to the next drill. When you're doing the drills, you're, you're going hard, but it was just the more so the laid back atmosphere mm-hmm. approach of it. Then Serbian coaches are notoriously known all throughout Europe as the coaches that take the most years off of your career because you practice, 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 and then practice some more. And it's three hours. We call them tape practices. So everyone's ankles are taped. In the morning, your ankles are taped in the afternoon. 
And so those are killer practices. You're in shape because you're practicing so much, but also it can wear you down a little bit if you do it from year to year. Then I had coaches in France whose focus was very, very fundamental and mental approach to the game. You're not in this right spot. He would take a marker and draw on the court. You're standing here during this play. I need you 30 centimeters this way, which is one foot for us here in America. But he's, I need you one foot over here. And he literally would draw on the floor. And that's where he wanted you in that play. He was very meticulous. So, But maybe I guess the worst practice habits was probably my rookie year when I went to Bulgaria. Um, we played in a European competition. So we had a really good team. The coach was really laid back, did not care what we did in practice um, as long as we went out and won games. And we won a bunch of games, so practice maintained being very, very easy to the point where I would run uh, after practice just to make sure I was in shape because I knew I was not getting my conditioning in practice. Bulgaria sounds like AAU. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Back then, it was, it was kind of the wild, wild west, but... Playing in these other countries when we, we would travel and play other countries, like we as players knew we had to be be ready. But uh, you know, like I said, every coach has their has their approach. So it's just kind of what they have ever had success with, they kind of uh mimic that throughout the rest of their coaching career. Being a being a student of the game, you know, Dave, is, is something that people listen and I, I hope you can relate it to what you're going through because in business, I'm just going to share the, the similarities. In business, what happens is when things are going well for us, when sales are up, when, when revenue's up, we don't maybe put a priority on practice because we're winning in the game, right? And, and so a lot of times you can get caught in that mindset of like, okay, I forgot about the fundamentals. I forgot about, you know, practicing and putting in my, my consistent routine, my daily efforts. And, you know, I, I think too many of us get into the trap of, okay, when sales go down, when business is down, when I'm, when I'm just starting off, you know, uh, okay, I, oh, I got to get back to the fundamentals. Well, you know, what would it look like if you never had to get back to the fundamentals? And that's just what you focused on. And I think that's what professionals do. Let's transition a little bit, um, you know, from, from practice. I mean, you said a bunch of things that I think the listeners out there probably want to know a little bit more about. You've played in a bunch of countries, had a bunch of coaches, a bunch of different divisions. What have, what have you had to sacrifice to chase your dreams? Um, I mean, I guess the biggest thing has just been time and time with my family and and friends and things like that. Um, I'm gone early in my career when I was in Europe. I'd be gone nine, nine and a half months out the year. And then I'd be home uh, in the summers. You know, and then once I had my kids and they got older and started going to school, me and my wife, we made the decision that we were going to let them kind of live in America mainly and get their lives established here because basketball will end for me one day. And We'll be here. We wanted them to be home and, and set up. So that's been the biggest sacrifice, um, just being away from them for multiple months at a time. Um, it's a lot easier now than when I first started because we have FaceTime and everything like that. So I'm at least able to see them and, you know, I can watch their games and things like that on the video and I can talk to them. And so that's a lot easier because it was all phone cards and long distance calls when I first started playing. So, um, but that's probably the main, main sacrifice. And 
then, you know, the sacrifice to my body. I've had like seven or eight surgeries. Uh, so just dealing with that and the downtime when you're hurt and, and, uh, and things like that. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think there's, there's too many times we look at people, you know, I look at you as a professional athlete, like, you know, my, my kids look at you like, man, you, you know, professional athletes and, and what they don't do is they don't pay attention to the sacrifice. They don't know, you know, what it takes to get there. You know, a buddy of mine says everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. And, yeah. and if you really, if you really understand, you know, all success, all levels of success have challenges and obstacles. And I think that's part of living a meaningful life. I think, I think what gives meaning to our lives is understanding that there's a positive outlook on the suffering and on the sacrifices that you go through because ultimately you're paying the price to be the best version of yourself um and not to sound cliche but as we as we wrap this up dave i appreciate you being here i know you said you know relationships matter to you relationships win in the game of life and, and that's kind of the thesis of this podcast you know what does winning look like for dave simon you know what does winning look like for you um i mean first and foremost you know being able to provide for my family um you know basketball has given me a chance to do that and give them a lot of stuff, you know, I didn't have growing up and, you know, hopefully set them on a good path going forward for all my kids. You know, now I look at it as long as my kids and my family is happy that, you know, I'm winning. I then basketball wise, you know, we try to win games, have a successful season. You know, there's only ever one team each year who's able to truly win and win the championship. But in my experience, it's if I can get out of the season healthy, the team was better when I got there than they were before I got there. And, you know, everyone was happy with the way things turned out. They were happy with the way that I contributed uh, to the team. You know, that's success. And going into retirement, if I'm able to uh, find a second career doing something that I love and um, I'm able to engage the same way that I was with basketball, you know, in this other realm of life, whether it be business world or if I stay in sports, um, I'll be very, very happy uh, if I'm able to find something that can provide that for me. Well, I know the day that you do find something, whatever that is, sports or business, I think you can re-listen to this episode because the framework of how to be successful, you already know it, man. Like you are, you are a student of the game. I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was fun. As we wrap up, one of the things that uh, the kids say these days is uh, give them their flowers, which means show them appreciation, give them their accolades, man. Uh, relationships win. If you were to give somebody their flowers, if you were to give somebody some virtual flowers right now, who is one person or some people that have gotten you to where you are here today? You wouldn't be the man you are without them. Who's somebody you want to send some flowers to today? Well, you know, obviously my, my mom, she's the, she was the driving force of me doing everything growing up. But, you know, your father played a big role, Coach Noel. You know, he gave me the opportunity uh, when I got here. You know, he gave me a spot to walk on and work my way into something I never thought I'd be able to. And Coach P sent me down and giving it to me real. And he's been there ever since, always, you know, giving it to me straight and never pulling punches. And, and Cliff, Coach Cliff, when he was here, he uh, – kind of just showed me all, he's the one who showed me all the fundamentals, showed me in the gym, working out every day, footwork, footwork, basics, basics, footwork, fundamentals, and, you know, just build on it from that. So I think uh, those are some people who, who definitely, definitely played a major, major role in me being here. 
That's fantastic. No, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, they, they always said, you know, life, life goes quick um, and you don't realize it, you know, back then. So, you know, our, our goal here uh, with Student of the Game is to help people master the fundamentals, fall in love with practice and win at the game of life. And, you know, the recipe for all of that his relationships win. So Dave, I appreciate you. I know we've, uh, you know, through your times coming back to Fort Wayne, we've, we've spent maybe a half a dozen times going to lunch. Uh, we may go to try to play a little golf here today, but, uh, I appreciate you, man. I, I appreciate following you. Uh, man, you're a fantastic husband, father, uh, to see you back here on campus, bringing your kids back. Uh, that's, that's big. So thanks for all you do. Uh, hall of famer, by the way, we need to throw that in there. A little hall of famer, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, this, this has been a good show. Thanks for being a guest today. You are a student of the game. Uh, good luck to you in what may be your last season. We'll, we'll see if you still fall in love with practice after this and if your body holds up. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, Big Rig. Uh, All where, right. Where can people find you or where could people help you out? Like if somebody was listening, they're like, I want to help this guy out. How can somebody help you out? Um, well, actually, I have a foundation that we started some years back. Uh, We've done a few things here. I was able to partner with actually one of my old teammates that I won a championship with. We uh, had a food drive right in the middle of COVID. Um, I think we fed over 500 families, things like that. But yeah, I do have a foundation. It's just the David Simon Foundation. I'm pretty sure that's the website too, davidsimonfoundation.com. Um, if not, you can check me out on my uh, Instagram, what is bigrig55. So, and um, there's some links and things like that on my page. Man, uh, if you don't have, if somebody listening doesn't have a nickname, you need, you need to go get a nickname. Big Rig Fifty Five, man, that's that's dope. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, uh, well, this has been a this has been a great show. Uh, student of the Game podcast, Dave. You're a, you're definitely a student of the game, and like I said, uh, best of luck to you in, in what may be your final final season. Hopefully, you get the the film crews. I want to see the Netflix documentary on your on your final season. Appreciate it. Yeah, we might have to break some videos out. I got you. All right. Well, this has been a this has been a great show. Thank you. Relationships win. Thanks for listening to Student of the Game podcast. Whatever game you are playing, I'm cheering for you. See you in the next class.